0: The last thing I did before I came here this morning was I uh, went out in the garden in the rain and uh, cut some flowers to bring. I don't, my garden's kind of <clears throat> hit or miss. I don't always have cut flowers, uh, but right now I have a pretty good stand of these sweet williams, pink wild things. And... Uh, so I want and I, I don't always remember to bring bring flowers, but I wanted to bring some today. I went out and cut them and had my daughter sit at the table and strip the leaves, and I brought them in with uh, some other flowers that my friend gave me last weekend I, You know, if <clears throat> you've been around this tradition for a while, you've had the uh, misfortune of carrying flowers in your car, you know, it's not <laughs> very elegant and you have to keep them from tipping over and you don't want them all to break. And maybe there's water you're trying not to spill. And I got them all the way here in the van. And uh, the first thing that happened when I got here was uh, I picked up a vase to put them in and it shattered. I dropped it. So my hands were still wet from the rain when I was carrying too many things. And that is also like the Dhamma. We have these moments of of selfless generosity and the energy to go out in the rain and and cut flowers and bring them and put them on the altar. And then uh, we have these moments of uh, total clumsiness something that we wouldn't, you know, want to share with other people, shattering a vase. But the idea with this practice is watching where the mind goes. So does shattering the vase negate the flower picking? No. that we shouldn't just set aside the conditions that supported us in shattering the vase. We can look at both. we don't focus on what we did wrong and forget about what we did right. Those are just terms, right and wrong. And we don't focus on only what we did well and shuttle aside. What didn't go so well, but rather, you know, as Ajahn Chah says, everything is teaching us. There's only learning, and it it impedes our progress to put too much power into one set of conditions over another. We can simply learn. And then use that learning to make choices moving forward. So, you know, and then we can, if we want to, you know, we can follow the thread back. Like, um, I'm not, I'm just, I'll never get used to wearing a raincoat, you know, so I never am dressed for the weather. Oh, was raining pretty good when I got here. (laughs) So by the time I got in the door, I was really wet, just soaked. My hands were wet, everything was slippery. And I went, you know, to pick up this face and it just fell right out of my hands. They were cold too. So setting the conditions, in a way, for clumsiness, for um, unsteadiness. There's nothing immoral about that. I don't need to drag on about it. Just recognizing, well, if I'd have taken a little bit more care, you know. I might have been in a better state to get these flowers into the vase. And on the flip side, you know, growing the flowers took time, energy, good choices. Picking them, getting my daughter involved and stripping the leaves off. Now those are all choices based on past conditions as well. The Dhamma isn't uh, mysterious or magical. Uh, it's just um, using our conditions and the results of our past choices to inform the next steps and then watching those results and using those results to inform the next steps, that's karma. And that's what the Buddha called right effort. Right effort, when we hear about right effort, It's one of the steps on the Buddha's Eightfold Path. When we hear about right effort, it's not about uh, trying harder, doing more, striving. It's about increasing the conditions for goodness to arise increasing the conditions for goodness to arise and maintaining that goodness once it arises. So what brought it to fruition and what will maintain it? And it's about letting go of those conditions that allow unskillfulness to arise. And then avoiding having them come up again. So over here we're bringing up, bringing into being the conditions that give rise, that give rise to goodness. And then we're maintaining those conditions. We're encouraging them. We're cultivating them. Just like good soil and good water and good sunshine and good bugs give rise to those flowers. And over here, we're letting go of the conditions that give rise to unskillfulness. to... um, greed hatred and delusion just like we you know in the garden every April May June everything is about the garden which is it's all just a perfect metaphor for Dhamma and life and all the things but you know just like we plot the weeds but you can't just plot the weeds you plot the weeds and you have the space mm. and nature hates a vacuum you know yeah. So just fill it with more weeds, right? So you can pull out those weeds, but then you also have to create the conditions uh, that discourage the weeds from recolonizing. So the Dhamma is this kind of uh, dance of mindfulness that gives rise to goodness, And let's go, gives rise to skillfulness and let's go of unskillfulness. And we're always working with conditions. That's all we have. We have houses and we have kids and we have parents and we have weather. (laughs) Everybody hates weather. We all have a complaint about weather. Well, that is a condition. It's the most mundane condition. There's absolutely nothing we can do about it. But we can learn. All right, well, so there's weather. There's this phrase, you know, there's no such thing as bad weather, just bad clothing. Well, that is true. And yet, I'm out there in bad clothing all the time. And so I'm working against my conditions. I'm not working with them. And the Buddha, you know, encouraged us to see things the way they are, to stay grounded in reality, no matter how uncomfortable it is. We ought to be, it helps to be looking at the way things are. Instead of trying to change them all the time. We can't. My mom (laughs) used to say, um, I think she got this from my preschool teacher. Mrs. Gray. (laughs) She used to say, uh, you know, mind your own little red wagon. It's incredibly wise. (laughs) Mind your own little red wagon. And the Dhamma, in a simple way, is our own little red wagon. And we cannot change the people around us. We can't always change our conditions. But we can see what we're carrying with us. And we can see. What we're dragging along. Is it useful? Is it skillful? Is it helpful? Is it beneficial? Is it creating the conditions for goodness? Or are we dragging along a bunch of rocks? (laughs) A bunch of stuff that doesn't apply anymore. Our lives are different now. Do we have a lot of baggage from when the conditions were different? We all do. We all do. And we can't beat ourselves up about it. We can only learn and try to make the next right choice. Try to look at that continuum of effort. Are we trying harder to be good? (laughs) That's how most of us grew up. I'm going to try harder to be good. (laughs) That's all I got. (laughs) But it's just um, more specific than that. The Dhamma is very specific. This isn't a vague practice. It's not nebulous. The path is laid out. And as long as we're working with our conditions, we have those are the that's the canvas, you know, and the paint brushes and the paint. We have all these ingredients to work with, like the weather and other people. I always say, you know, oh, that's just people peopling. No, they I know people are so typical in their peopling. And there's almost nothing that can surprise us anymore. And yet, I still find myself shocked sometimes by what people decide to do. But by the same token, I'm shocked by the good things people decide to do as well and how happy they make me. But, like I was saying in our meditation, that we can't, we shouldn't rely on other people for true happiness because. They, they can't bring it. They, they, they're not worried about our true happiness. You know, that's not their objective. Plus people move and die, you know? I mean, you just can't count on people. But it's a reminder that we also, you know, shouldn't rely on them to make us angry, and make us sad and make us give up, but if we shouldn't rely on them for happiness, we shouldn't rely on them for sadness, because they're just going to keep peopling, me too, I wake up peopling every day, (laughs) see how it goes. (laughs)